Now what? It's 2013. It's a simple phrase, two words, that has the capacity to communicate so much. We've been saying now what since we were uh, small little kids. One of my uh, uh, clearest memories of a now what moment actually created three now what moments and one uh, kind of small series of decisions. I was in junior high and it was during the era where Michael Jordan was the best player in the NBA. And if you wore anything of Michael Jordan to school, Air Jordans, sweatpants, I mean, not the athletic pants, I mean, I'm talking sweatpants, sweatshirts, anything with Jordan on it, you were cool. And for Christmas, my parents bought me a Michael Jordan t-shirt. It's the only present I remember getting that year. And it was like, as I brought it out of the box, it was like, oh, the angels were singing. It was Michael Jordan. I was so excited. I put it on right away. But something happened later that day. On Christmas Day, somehow, I spilled red Kool-Aid on my T-shirt. Now, I had one of three options. One, uh, I could tell my parents, nope, can't do that. There's no chance. How in the world would I go tell my parents on Christmas Day that the present they bought me, I ruined? Can't do that. Second option was I could hide the t-shirt and never wear it again, but my parents were too smart for that. They would eventually ask me, hey, where's that Michael Jordan t-shirt? Third option. I had to solve the red Kool-Aid stain on my shirt. And I started to think through how I could solve this issue. And all of a sudden I realized my mom had this way of taking really dirty laundry and magically making it clean. It was amazing. White or, or, or t-shirts that used to be white and now are like grungy and dirty would come out of the wash white again. I'm like, there's a way for me to solve this. My mom can remove any stain possible. So I took my Michael Jordan t-shirt and I carried it downstairs. I laid it out on a table and I, I stood there and I looked up on the shelf where all the, 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 the laundry supplies were and I started scanning. And all of a sudden my eyes locked in on this one bottle bleach. Ah, bleach. It makes things whiter. That's what mom uses, bleach, to make things whiter. So I reached up, I grabbed the the bottle of bleach, I unscrewed the cap, and with great precision, I poured bleach on that red Kool-Aid stain. And guess what? It worked. Before my very own eyes, that red just disappeared. But what I didn't realize is that was going to lead to the second now what? Some of you are already a few steps ahead of me on this story. A few days later, the laundry's done. 
My mom places the laundry in my room. I start putting it away where it goes, and I find my Jordan t-shirt. I'm like, I got away with it. I got away with it. I got away with it. I picked it up, and all of a sudden, I realized that bright white shirt had this now off-colored spot where the red was. The bleach had kind of turned it kind of this yellowish-brownish color. I'm like, wow, it really worked. It took the white out of it. I was like, now what? So I came up with this solution. Every time I would talk with my parents wearing my white Michael Jordan t-shirt, I would just put my hands like this in front of the stain. They will never see it. Now, it's not red, so it's not, you know, that noticeable, but it's still noticeable. So I'll just, I'll keep my hands like this, and I'll just block it. And it worked. I got away with it again. But here's what I didn't really, really, really realize. Is that cotton and bleach, they don't go together. I mean, diluted bleach, yes. But straight bleach, no. And all of a sudden, a month or two later, I pulled that Michael Jordan t-shirt out after it had been laundered several times. And guess what started to form? A hole. Not just in the front, but in the back. And that hole got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're talking six, eight, nine months later, there's this massive hole in my t-shirt and I'm still wearing it because it's Michael Jordan t-shirt. And all of a sudden one day my mom was like, is that a hole in your t-shirt? What happened? I'm like, I don't know, mom, defective (laughs) t-shirt. It wasn't until years later that I finally confessed to my parents. I was in college. I said, hey, do you remember that Michael Jordan t-shirt? Mom's like, yeah, the one with the big hole. I'm like, yeah. Do you know what happened? Because I've always wondered what, what you did to that shirt. I knew you did something. I go, so I told her the whole story. I poured straight bleach. She goes, do you realize straight bleach and cotton? I'm like, I do now. The lessons you learn. Now what? Now as adults, guess what? We deal with now what moments. And we think about our childhood now what moments, and they seem so insignificant now as adults. But what I know is for all of us in this room, we have these moments. And there are few now what moments that are filled with excitement and joy and forward thinking. There's some of those. You you find out that you're pregnant and it's planned. That's a great moment. It's like, yeah, now what? You finally get that, that job, that raise, that position. You close that deal that you've been working so diligently on. That's a great now what moment. You close on that house and you walk into that house for, for the very first time and you look at it going, now what? Those are great now what moments. But many times, if not most Now what moments aren't that exciting? They're not filled with that type of joy. Many now what moments are filled with uncertainty, the unknown, questions. I mean, if you're a parent in this room, we've all had those now what moments. Whatever stage of parenting, whether it's with infants or toddlers that are imposing their will upon life by screaming, in the middle of the mall, and you can't stop them. 
or dealing with a, a, a child that's just deciding to do whatever he or she wants to do. And no matter what you try to do, no matter what you try to say, no matter how you try to parent, they're just going to go their own path. And it's not that you give up, but you find yourself sitting there just going, now what? I've tried everything. And the unknown and the questions and the uncertainty just leaves you sitting there going, now what? Your company gets bought out, now what? The test results come back uh, inconclusive and you're just sitting there going, now what? You call the doctors and they, they just say, we don't know. And you're like, well, now what? Run more tests? Well, let's try that. That's comforting. Now what? Maybe you're sitting there with your marriage and you're just going, now what? You've tried to work on it. Maybe you haven't tried to work on it. Maybe you feel like you're working on it more than your spouse is. But you're, you're looking at each other going, now what? What are we going to do? Now what? What happens in those moments of uncertainty and the unknown is anger creeps in to our now what moments. Because you're not sure what to do with those emotions. You're not sure what to do with those situations. And usually they're out of our control. And now we become angry. I mean, if you've had parents or parents, if you've had kids home over break for any extended period of time, and you might have the best kids in the world, but too much time of kids, siblings playing together, it comes to that moment. And over break, all of a sudden, uh, my two girls come running uh, up the stairs, screaming, Mommy! And I thought both Kim and I were just going to, our heads were going to spin. We're like, enough! No more Mommy! Go back downstairs and figure it out. Nicely figure it out. But we get to that point of now what? And then once that anger finally just wears off, you get to that point where you just have nothing left. And you find yourself just kind of sitting back, just going, now what? Now what? And you start thinking to yourself, yeah, one more email about this, or one more phone call, or one more issue that rises up, one more, I, I just don't know what to do about it. Now what? See, for me this year, 2013, is an interesting year. I've kind of framed my life by decades, and uh, uh, it's just helped me kind of look at, at what God has done, is doing, and just kind of where my life is headed. And uh, for me, 2013 is, is uh, a close of a decade and a beginning of a new decade as I turn 40. And uh, it's one of those moments where I'm actually excited about it. Uh, right now, uh, in a few months, I might not be as excited about it. But, you know, I find myself going, that, that's kind of a, a cool step for me to say, hey, I'm going to turn 40. Uh, I have gray hair forming, which my wife loves to point out. She goes, hey, there's another one. I'm like, ah, enough. And, uh, but it's the close of a decade. And I look back on my 30s. And over the next six months, that's what I'm going to be doing, looking at my 30s. And I've had many now what moments. I've had some of the highest 
pinnacle, now what moments you can imagine. Where I've literally said, God, I don't think life could get better. I've seen God work in, in amazing ways, life-changing ways within me, within my family, within uh, my ministry and leadership. I've experienced God's movement in ways it's hard to even articulate. And I've had the lowest point of my entire life. Now what moment? And everything in between. And so as I look back on my last decade, I have those kind of the heights of now what and the lowest point of now what. And then I start thinking to myself, what's the next decade going to bring? What's that going to look like? I know I'm going to have some high now what moments. Last night, Saturday night service was incredible. You know, we were all talking beforehand. You know, how many people do we think are going to come? And uh, uh, this will just show you my lack of faith. I told my wife Saturday morning, I, I th- if we have like, I don't know, 50 people there, I'll be really excited. And uh, we knew the, 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 the possibility to really serve people. It's a great night, especially if you have kids and sports on, on Sunday morning and that whole thing, the free babysitting we thought it was positive, and uh, I walked out, and literally the room was just packed. And I just looked at God and said, God, I'm glad I rely on you, not me. But it was an incredible night. It'll be part of my now what moments for 2013. Because we were sitting there going, ah, oh, wow, God, now what? You're doing something so significant within Renaissance. Now what? What's your 2013 going to be? And here's what's exciting. The Bible gives us a promise. And this promise is going to be not what only guides this entire Now What series, but my prayer is that it guides your entire 2013. And it would be incredible if everyone who, who just comes to Renaissance says, okay, 2013, this is going to be the prayer. This is going to be the promise. This is going to be the phrase, the line, that I'm going to just commit to God, to allowing it to guide my year. Because it has the potential to change your life. It has the potential to help you get through Whatever now what moment or moments that you're dealing with now and will deal with, whether they're incredible now what, mountaintop peak type of now what moments, or they're in the valley, this promise has the ability to do that for you. Paul writes these words. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. More. Isn't that something we all want? We want more. We want more out of life. We want more out of relationships, out of marriage, out of our kids. We want more out of our job or more pay out of the job that we're giving more to. We want more. It's something within us. 
Usually we never say, oh, that's enough. We say, what's next? And the promise is, not only God's going to give you more, he's going to give you immeasurably more. The word literally means more in excess. That you will have more, and then more upon more, and more upon more. You're going to have more more than you know what to do with. And not just more, but more than you ask for or can even imagine. That's his promise for your life. If you're sitting on that mountaintop right now thinking, man, my marriage can't get better, kids can't get better, job can't get better, pay can't get better, my life is great, I want you to know that there's still immeasurably more for your life. And if you're sitting in the valley right now going, ah, there is no up, I want you to know there's immeasurably more for your life. If you find yourself somewhere in between, there's immeasurably more than you can ever ask for or even imagine. But there's a catch, and this is important, because this is the difficult piece of this promise. For every single one of you in this room, including myself, This this is the catch. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? You see, it goes on by saying, according to his power. His power. See, if we were writing the Bible, we would want to put our into that space. Because that's where we default. Our. I'm not sure how you were raised, but you know, I was raised by two amazing parents. And they would always say to me, Chris, sky's the limit. You work hard enough, you'll accomplish anything you put your mind to. Chris, you put forth all your effort, there's no obstacle, obstacle you can overcome. Chris, whatever you set your mind to, and you worked hard, you can be anything. It's just something my, my parents instilled within me. It's driven me. It's created a work ethic within me. It's a great thing. It's a great statement. I say to my girls the same thing. The question I ask my girls all the time, after they're done, or before they like, go into a competition, whether it's soccer or voice, or whatever that might be, and after they're done, I ask a simple question. Hey, Did you give your all? Before, I say to him, give your all. Afterwards, did you give your all? I don't care how many goals my girls score. The question is still the same. Did you give your all? Did you give your best? That's all I ask from you. Because if you give your best, then you can walk off that field or walk out of that concert or walk out of whatever holding your head up high. You gave your best. But see, what happens is we start relying on ourselves, don't we? Here it is. See, we start relying on our power and our competencies and our intellect and our talents. And we remove God from the equation. We just think we're smart enough, we're good enough, we're, we're talented enough, 
and we can just do it all by ourselves. And many times you look around and say, hey, look at what I have accomplished. I'm the best in what I do. I climbed up the corporate chain. I have accomplished all of this. I'm sought after. And all of a sudden it's I, 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 I. And here's what I want you to know. God wants to do immeasurably more through you. And if you start relying on his power and his competencies and his intellect and his talents, can you imagine what your life would be like? You know, simple thing I do before a meeting, before a, a, a discussion, it's a simple prayer I just say. I say, God, help me to lean on your wisdom, not mine. Help my thoughts be your thoughts, not mine. Help me to follow in your steps where you want this conversation or you want this decision to go, not where I think it should go. And do you know the times I say that prayer? It's amazing how those conversations, those meetings, those moments turn out. The times where I just go in thinking I know what's best. It starts with saying, God, I realize your plans are better than my plans. God, I realize that what you want from my life is better than what I think is best for my life. God, I want to know what you're thinking. God, in this moment, where it's, whether it's the pinnacle or the valley, God, I want to know what you desire, what you want. And what that does is it lifts your head from yourself and gets it focused on him. You want your 2013 to look different than your 2012? Make that, Ephesians 3, your prayer. That he will do immeasurably more than all you can ever imagine and ask by his power. You see, Paul finishes this thought by saying this, that is at work within us. That's at work within us. You see, one of the most important questions you can ask starting today is now what? But slide in God. God, now what? God, what do you want from me? God, what are your plans? God, what's your insights? God, what are you thinking? God. In Jeremiah chapter 10, says this, but God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. 
See, the God that created this entire universe, don't you think he has a better plan for you than you have for you? So let me ask you a few questions. And these are for you to wrestle with. They're free of charge. You'll love me for them. How have you limited God's power in your life? Or maybe a a better question. How are you right now limiting God's power in your life? Who has a better plan for your life? God or you? Who do you listen to in a more consistent way? God's voice? Your voice? And do you believe that God can do anything and everything for good in your life? And the follow-up to that is your faith, does it have the capacity to allow God to work at that level within you? See, I want you to know, wherever you find yourself right now, whatever now what moments are swirling around you, that more is imaginable for your life. It really is. And more is reachable for your life. And more is achievable for your life. And more is attainable for your life. Why? Because God is able. God is able. If your marriage is at one of the best spots it's ever been in, I want you to know, God is able to do more. And if you find yourself in a space where your marriage is that just a really tense place? I want you to know that God is able through his power to change your marriage. And if you find yourself sitting there, and maybe in your, in your life, in your job, in your career, you find yourself sitting at a place where you're just thinking, it can't get better. I want you to know what God can do in you and through you more is attainable because God is able. And start asking him what he wants to do within you and through you to leverage the position, the place you're in. And if you, if you find yourself sitting in a job, or maybe your company just got bought out, or you just got laid off, or whether you find yourself with career-wise going, now what? I want you to know that God is able to do more that more is attainable. If you're struggling with an addiction or maybe a, a past issue that just keeps following you and following you 
and it's just bringing you down and keeping that now what alive within you, I want you to know that more is attainable because God is able. Whatever your now what is, whatever it is, And so over the next few weeks, we're going to get real practical with this. How do you rely on God's power? How do you navigate through now what moments? How do you attain more through God's power? But it's, this is where it starts. And here's my prayer for all of you. Not just for today, but for 2013 and beyond. That you wake up in the morning and you just simply say, God, more is attainable because you're able. God, more is reachable because you're able. God, my life in your hands is beyond anything I can imagine or ask for. God, you are able. And just start by saying that simple prayer. And when you want to look at yourself and your talents and your competencies and your intellect, when you want to rely on you, just simply say to yourself, wait a minute. God is able through his power. God is able. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for our time this morning. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room will know that... Uh, you want so much more for their lives. More than they could ever imagine or ask for that you desire to have more. And Lord, I pray that everyone here will walk out today being challenged not to rely on themselves, but on you. To start inviting you into their lives into their decisions, into their marriage, into their parenting, into their relationships, into their leadership, that, Lord, that everyone here will realize that with you, doesn't mean that life's going to be easy, but with you, you're going to help us step by step, navigate through now what moments. Lord, thank you for your desire to give us more, immeasurably more. In your name I pray, amen.